Welcome to the Wellness is One podcast. I'm your host, Megan Safrik Nishibori. This is a place where we explore different aspects of wellness in the physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental spheres with other leaders and practitioners in the broad landscape of well-being. This is also a way to bridge and connect people as well as find more ways to support our wellness toolkits individually and as a community. Today on Wellness is One, we have the pleasure of talking with Chris McNeeny, an actor, co-founder of a sketch comedy improv group, film producer, and team building facilitator. He and his film partner, Fiona Dawson, also have a short film called More Than He Knows, around the by experiences going to screen at the Frameline Film Festival on June 27, 2019. One thing that has stayed consistent with all of his endeavors is his pursuit to bring authenticity, consciousness, humor, and perspective to his work and engagement with others. Aligning those qualities to his work creates well-being for himself and others and will be our exploration today. We will look at how those having those experiences and then creating spaces and opportunities for other people to share in those experiences enhances our well-being. So Chris, we're glad to have you today. Thanks, Meg. It's great to be here. Yes. We're, this, yep. Super fantastic. And so I wanted to um, ask you, how do you see theater and film as an avenue for well-being, particularly, particularly for the experiences of marginalized groups that have been historically kept from th- theater and film? Yeah, I think it's really important. And I, sometimes it's funny. I will think that it, it feels like it's kind of not important because it feels a little self-serving, right? Because you're, mm. you're focused on your career and what you're doing. Um, mm. but, but then you're reminded of it when, you know, like we'll have a sketch comedy show and somebody will say, gosh, I've been having such a rough time lately and it was good to laugh, right? Or it was yeah. good to be able to see these things. Um, so especially for people who are marginalized, it, it, a lot of times it can be one of very few outlets that they have. Um, yeah. and, and I can say our last sketch comedy show, we had the most diverse cast we've ever had and it just really worked. I mean, it, we really gelled as a group. Um, it was really good to have that sense of balance and it was good to have voice, other voices represented. So it wasn't just all of kind of the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get more diverse audiences. And um, yeah, so I think it really is important for people to be able to express themselves through film and theater, especially for marginalized groups. Yeah. And when, when I'm guessing what I'm hearing you say too, is that um, so not only for the people who are expressing it so it's coming through them right that they get to be heard they get to have a place to be heard and they get to do it in a way that feels authentic for themselves but also the people who are coming to see um to to see to see your group and the people within that group right and so that uh they get to um share in that experience and they get to see the different perspectives that are being offered and especially through the um, lens of humor at times when sometimes that can't always feel very funny. Um, but the way it sounds that you, you are all able to do it and work together, you are able to pull it off in such a way that it can create that space for the humor and for the release, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that a lot of people feel. Yeah. And you're right. It really is both. Um, because mm-hmm. even we had four founding members that were in our last sketch comedy show. And then we brought on six guest actors um, and then we ended up inviting all of them to join the group because we had mm. such a good balance because we, we did need uh, just the parts called for more diversity. Mm-hmm. So we brought these 
you know, these other six actors in and um, yeah, it just really worked for all of us performing and then audience members too. Then it, mm -hmm. it, it really does, it might sound corny, but it really does expand your world because then they're bringing in different people and you're kind of having this common experience of um, a lot of different kinds of people that are, are seeing a show and some are going to, res some sketches will resonate with some people more than others. Mm -hmm. um, and even, and I can say too, for the short film, More Than He Knows, that was a conscious decision that Fiona and I both made going into it is that we really wanted a diverse cast, both in terms of crew and the actors. Mm -hmm. And and again, it just was, it, we, we only took two days to film, but it was just a really great two days. Um, just having that variety and having a variety of voices. And and I, I think frankly too, you don't get too much of one thing. Right? Right. You get a little bit of, of everything and that balance helps make for a very good atmosphere. Um, well, maybe so, yeah. you could speak to that a little bit too. this, you know, because there's something about being able for, um, for people who have actually had uh, the experience to be speaking on that experience <clears throat> and, um, and the, um, you know, to be able to be empowered, to be able to speak about those experiences. So whether it's uh, racial diversity, whether it's sexual orientation or sexual identity or gender identity or ableism, you know, whatever it may be that, that um, a person is looking at to be able to have their voice around that experience and to talk about it um, in a way that feels authentic uh, and to express it in, in through the arts, you know, in a way that um, feels authentic to them. Uh, and what I'm hearing is that it really, it changes the dynamic for the people, everyone who's involved in it. But then like you were saying, um, you know, and we can, we'll get into it in a, a couple minutes here of what it was like uh, for the audience who's already seen some of the, um, well, you know, seen the uh, um, work that you guys do with Panties on a Budget for the improv group, but also then for the short. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, Fiona and I felt like with the short, it's like we're on a mission as as both openly by people to represent ourselves. And it's funny where I see by cinema right now is kind of where gay and lesbian cinema was about 20 to 30 years ago, mm. which is when gay and lesbian cinema first started, especially you saw a lot of gay male stories that would end in sadness. It, yeah. it would often be someone dying of AIDS. And that's of course legitimate, right? It, it, mm -hmm. it happens, but it's not the only story. Mm -hmm. And so now you see something like Love, Simon, right? Which is mm -hmm. great. It, it had a diverse uh, cast and it's, a love story that just happens to be about somebody who's gay in it. And it's, it's them being gay is not, um, not just solely what defines them. So with bi stories, I see, I kind of see the same thing where the few bi stories that I, I see, um, they do end in sadness where somebody gets their heart broken. And so Fiona and I wanted to show the other side of that, so, you know, somewhat of the lighter sides and a little bit of the, I'd say the short probably tackles both the lighter side and the more serious side, um, but it, that it doesn't have to end in sadness, right? And and right now, what you're seeing in cinema is by stories that are supporting characters, like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend comes to mind. They had they handled the by story very well. One of the supporting characters, mm -hmm. even Riverdale, one of the characters. I mean, she just she's kind of dating a guy, and then it's not going to work out for various reasons, and she just casually says well, I kind of prefer girls anyway. Mm. And so it's not even, it's not even stated as bisexuality, but it's just, you know, part of who she is. So, so yeah. So for Fiona and I, we were really passionate about 
um, creating something that we know a lot about. We've had these conversations over a long period of time. So it's funny, she and I know each other as instructors for team building events, and then we started collaborating on this together. So it was a really nice fit. you know, both professionally, how we've known each other for a while and what we've, you know, these conversations we've had that we can now put out, you know, put out there and mm-hmm. put on the, put on screen. Mm-hmm. And as you said, offer a different, offer the, um, the whole panorama of what it may mean to, um, to be a bi person, to be a bi person of color, to be, um, a, you know, uh, uh, bi white male, to be a, a bi white male, you know, all these different that it's, um, that it's they're they're all pieces of the experience, and um, and that within that experience, there's also various different emotions that occur, and it doesn't always have to end, as you said, on on a um, a tragic note. Yes, so I think we're going to see more of this in the future. In terms of, I think we're going to see more bi representation, and then just seeing more. Uh, cultures, more races represented regularly. I mean, I think mm-hmm. something like Crazy Rich Asians is a great mm-hmm. step forward, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and it's funny, even one of my Asian friends said how he didn't even notice that there's something missing by not having a, a completely main cast of Asian actors that he it hadn't even occurred to him of, oh, I, I don't see this, right? Mm-hmm. He's just used to seeing primarily white people on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, things like that, um, I, I think are, are, I think it's going to evolve into not just that every once in a while you're going to see this, it's just going to be part, become part of what is mainstream. Yeah. Even like Warner Brothers, I mean, they made it part of their business model that they're going to have, I think it was like 40% of female directors. And so you're just going to see more and more of this going forward. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's great because mm-hmm. I think it's, going to be truly representative of what this country has always been. It's just mm-hmm. not always what we've seen. Yeah. Well, and, and as it um, clearly, uh, you know, the work that um, you do with your group and, you know, especially, I mean, you have, you're in an interesting place, right? Because you've got um, that dynamic of privilege and marginalization, <laughs> right? Um, right. That you're um, uh, working with to um, recognize, it, sound, it seems like, you know, what, where you've been marginalized and then where you have privilege to, um, to uh, make changes within the industry, within that, within film and theater to, to continue that uh that change and to continue the momentum to make um uh more a diverse you know um film more diverse theater like so that people can really uh, all be served and heard and expressed and which ultimately creates the space for everybody and 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 um changes the dynamic and creates more well-being for folks Absolutely, because I have privilege in ways I'm sure I'll never able to really understand, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I think my marginalization is more just in invisibility mm-hmm. because bi people often are invisible. If you're a bi person in a straight relationship, you're assumed to be straight. Yep. If you're a bi person in a gay relationship, you're assumed to be gay. I mean, I can tell you how many times, especially doing musical theater, it just was assumed one way or the other. Yep. Like, oh, he... I mean, I remember even <laughs> overhearing a conversation, oh, Chris is straight or oh, Chris is gay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big thing actually with More Than He Knows because I, I was in a production of Ragtime 
And one of the actresses just, she was mixed race and she came up to me one day and she said, so what's your deal? And I said, what's my deal? And she said, well, when that discussion happens, which often does happen in musical theater of who's straight and who's gay, kind mm-hmm. of right off the bat, she said, you don't get involved in that conversation. Mm. So I thought, okay, well, here goes nothing. So I just told her at the time I was dating a guy who was quite a bit older than me and it was not an exclusive relationship. He thought that I should be able to date other people and we were on the same page. So I told her that whole thing and told her that I, you know, had always been interested in both women and men and was kind of getting more comfortable with that. And she just listened to the whole thing mm-hmm. and she said, I think that's hot and I want to take you home. <laughs> so thus, thus was the storyline for the short in a way. I'm not yeah. giving away a whole lot, but, no, but I really yeah. wanted to have a, you know, woman of color who mm-hmm. wasn't scared by yeah her, you know, by the guy's sexuality and was a little bit ahead of him mm-hmm. in terms of her comfort the whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it didn't have to be this thing that ends in someone gets their heart broken or, you know, someone is just left out in the cold. Um, that it's like, okay, we can kind of, what's that conversation going to look like and how are we going to all get there so we get more comfortable with this? Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe we could speak a little bit about that because there's something about, um, uh, you, you know, the, that place of consciousness and authenticity and, and just, and, and letting, pushing through the resistance and the fear of like, oh, I can't tell her, you know, and then her being open and available and then saying, okay, great. You know, like, let's, let's do this, that you were able to then bring that. And you've, you know, throughout all the work you do, the humor um, and the openness that the humor creates the openness and being um, willing to go through the fear of, um, well, no, I need to stay invisible. Well, I don't know if I am not invisible. What is she going to think? Or what is he going to think? Or, you know, and um, well, what's my place? And maybe, you know, like all of those things of just pushing through it and just being open and then getting to see what happens and seeing it through the lens of, of humor and lightness um, and curiosity is so uh refreshing and and kind of rare um so can you speak about that a little bit about how that how you've used that as a vehicle to to remain open and curious and and offer that to people and why you think that's important yeah i i think um being able to see the humor in even the darkest situations is really important um and you know even when i think about when I first told my parents, this was in college, and I, I freaked out, I thought that I might be gay. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know which way it was up because I, I had had a relationship in high school with a woman, was very much in love with her. And then, you know, was I had kind of always suppressed the side of me that was attracted to men mm-hmm. and just didn't, just didn't deal with it. And then for whatever reason, it just came out in, you know, major, <laughs> like in a flood when I was a sophomore in college and I freaked out and my brother, picked me up from college because he went to college about 10 minutes down the road. We were driving home for, I think it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I was such a mess. I couldn't even really tell him what was going on. Mm. Right. And that whole car ride, I just was a basket case. And so then I got home and I told my parents. And then after I told my parents, then, you know, my, my brother, I forget if it was, I told him or my parents told him. And later during that same trip, my brother actually said to me, that he thought that I was such a mess because I'd gotten a girl pregnant. Oh. <laughs> Which was really, really funny, right? right. Even this was such a dark experience. Yeah. It was hilarious because it was the polar opposite, yes. right? 
And, and so even then I thought, oh my gosh, that, that's really funny. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I guess it depends on someone's sensibility. But right. to me, it's like, it's, it's really important to see the humor in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, um, for our sketch comedy group, what I've realized is that we often will get the, the strongest applause in our uh, live shows or the, the best reaction from some of the stuff where we really go there, mm. right? And whatever this is, like we had one sketch that I, I honestly just didn't know if it was gonna be funny. Um, me and another guy in our group who's Latino, we, we wrote it and we just really made fun of, it was this re- very liberal group of, of people having dinner together and everyone gets offended by everything that everyone is saying. Right. And it, just, it gets insane, right? Like nobody can say anything without someone getting offended. And then we do, that was our choose your own adventure sketch where mm. uh, the host stops the sketch and says, okay, now the audience, you get to choose which way this goes. And it was either that we continue being in a world where everyone gets offended, or we now are in a world where everyone just says what they think and no one gets offended. And so, you know, of course the audience votes for us to go with the world where everyone says what they think and nobody gets offended. And people loved it because mm. it was kind of this relief. And so even though it's a very, you know, we're in Los Angeles, we're in the arts, it's probably a very left-leaning crowd. Mm-hmm. People loved it. They mm-hmm. thought it was so funny mm-hmm. uh, because even my trainer said, he's like, I, I could listen to that on a recording mm-hmm. at night, you know, before I go to bed because he said, I've been in those situations where it's like, you can't say anything without being shamed for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were making fun of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess what I've realized through this is that I think the ability to be able to laugh at yourself is really so important for wellness and health and, and well-being because if you can't laugh at yourself, then like, gosh, I mean, what a what a hard way to go through life, yes. right? Because then you're really going to be, I think, more critical of yourself and um, just not able to see like what, what truly is funny on a daily basis mm-hmm. about human nature and um, you know, ridiculous things that we ourselves do. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. I mean, I mean, y- y- you know, um, there's a lot of uh, spiritual and religious faiths that are absolutely like, it's really like the fool is at the top of the most enlightened, you know, being because of the recognition that when, when we take things too seriously, it, 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 I mean, it, you, we know what can happen, you know, like it's, and, and, and then if we can pull out to see how seriously we're taking something, um, then it, it can help a lot to just sort of, uh, look at what is actually happening and what is true. And, and they've, you know, there's a lot of research that's been done on humor and what it does to the body. Um, I mean, it just releases, uh, endorphins and it releases all kinds of chemicals that, um, allow for the relaxation of the whole nervous system. Well, that's, that's amazing. I really, I didn't yeah. know that. And I yes. completely get it. Um, I think of like, yeah. you know, Woody Allen, right. If mm. you take his personal life aside, but, but his work, right. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember reading that he's actually a quite a good tennis player, but in Annie Hall, he's this horrible tennis player. Right. And, and just he embodies the fool in, in a lot of yes. ways. So yes. and, and yep. he's, you know, it's like he's got a very impressive body of work based mm-hmm. on him often being the fool. Um, yep. So it's, you know, you think mm-hmm. of like performers like Danny Kay. I mean, he was mm-hmm. great at being the fool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really funny yep. that that is seen as uh, an enlightened path. And I, I think that's where mm-hmm. 
like what you see now with our country, that the far right and the far left are missing that. Mm-hmm. To see, like, just some of the humor of even what they might do themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And if you yep. can see that, then yeah, you're going to be that much, I think you're going to be that much happier. Yeah. Well, and it's unifying too. <clears throat> humor can be a really, um, because it dissolves a lot of the, the um, you know, that sort of the belief that people can, you know, hold on to. And when there's the humor there and the, and the um, ability to laugh together, it dissolves a lot of the things that people think are in between them or the things that are holding them back or whatever it may be. And, um, and, you know, uh, it's from some of the things that, um, I've heard, uh, with your, with the work, um, with the improv group, you know, you will touch on a lot of things that, um, uh, are, can be again, very difficult things like racism, uh, sexism, like all those pieces and find a way to, um, make sure that people's voices are heard, but in such a way that it kind of flips it on its head and, um, or people can resonate, like they can say, I've been there. I know that. And that is, that is exactly, absolutely the way that it is and, um, can be laughing at that, you know? Uh, and, and what a gift really to be able to give to people, uh, to, to have that experience, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, uh, one of the kind of founders of improv was Del Close, and his book is just called Truth in Comedy. Oh, so wow. yeah, and and you know, re- and he talks about how in improv you're really looking for the truth of the scene. Yeah, and so if you can do it in such a way that you're you're basically exposing the truth, but doing it in a funny way. Yep. Then that is really, I think, that's what people respond to. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's what we're finding is that like when we're the most authentic um, and finding a way to make it funny, that's what works. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's even some of the stuff that we've thought going in, like, Oh, this guy should be, this is going to kill. It's going to be so funny. Cause we just find it funny. But I really think it comes down to, Oh yeah. You nailed that one because you nailed the truth of the situation. Yes. Yep. Right. Which like, goes back to your film too. Right. When you're speaking from that place of authenticity um, and the truth of the situation, and uh, then, then it can just, it just makes a ripple effect, right? That people then can resonate with and, and um, feel connected to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's been nice too with the short that we screened at Martha's Vineyard Film Festival. And we were a little nervous, to be honest, because we were in a shorts program with other shorts that have played the festival circuit. So we were, mm-hmm. that was, we were the new kid on the block because that was our world premiere. And, mm-hmm. and funny enough, actually, it's really funny that we're talking about humor. I, I never really saw the short as all that funny, right? But mm. people started laughing when the twist came and, mm-hmm. and people were just enjoying it and having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because it, it's just, it exposed the truth of what was really happening. And I, I know that I've showed it to you and I can't really mm-hmm. give it away of what happens, mm-hmm. but just that there's more going on than we, we, the character, one character is more aware of what's going on than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so then once the audience sees that, I think it's gratifying that they think, oh, actually a sad story about someone, you know, being potentially unfaithful to their partner. There's, there's right. more going on here. Um, yeah. And that must so, yeah. be, I, I, it, um, for, for you uh, to be able to hear um, people resonating with it and um, 
you know, giving their appreciation, either with the laughter or the applause or being able to say to you, I had, you know, that that um, is my, my guess is that that allows for you to keep uh, doing this, to keep finding and um, creating the space to expose the truth, to give um, light to the truth and to find ways to, to share the truth that people have. And these that all with all these different perspectives that often don't get heard. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, even at Martha's Vineyard, there was a probably like 13 year old girl that was in the audience and I could tell when Fiona and I were doing the question and answer period, she just was so kind of hooked on what we were saying, right? She was just mm. listening very intently. And then she was waiting to talk to us afterwards and she ended up talking to Fiona and she, what she told Fiona was that she really enjoyed the twist in the short. She didn't really see it coming and that she wants to make movies. And she was kind of asking Fiona about her experience and her advice. So, I mean, that right there is just like why you do it basically. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I will say too, in our last sketch comedy show, one of the, the sketches that again, we were nervous going in because we thought like, oh, I don't know if this, is, if this is funny or if this is just kind of horrible. But the premise was that it was a guy and a girl on a date and they met on an, on an app where you have to have 100% honesty from the, from the first minute. So they, it's like they're interviewing each other. Like it's a business dinner. Like the waitress even thinks that it's a business dinner. And they're like, oh no, this is our first date. And they are asking each other questions and giving answers that are 100% honest. And oh, people wow. thought it was so funny because it just was <laughs> speaking to things that we all kind of know are there, but, yeah. but maybe we don't explicitly say. Right. And like, you know, at, right at the beginning, you know, they, they say their sense of relief that they found this app because they're basically saying, yeah, why should we pretend who we are and then three months later reveal who we really are? Right. Let's just get to the point, right? So, <laughs> and I mean, you know, because then we went there of like, you know, things yeah. like that you generally are not going to talk about on a first date. Right. They just get it all out in the open. Um, <laughs> Great. So, yeah, uh, so I think that's, yep. that's really what is inspiring is to yeah. think like, okay, how can we get to the truth of this? And I, I think too, you know, when, it, when you get to the LGBT element, I mean, I think of a show like Friends, right, that I grew mm -hmm. up watching and I thought was really funny, but I watch it now and I think, wow, there's a lot of homophobia in that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of jokes that are, the punchline is basically like, oh, imagine if two, you know, so-and-so were gay. Mm -hmm. And and I think we're going to see less and less of that because that's, that's honestly, it's, it's cheaper humor, right? Mm -hmm. It's not as elevated as it could be. And I think we're going to see more and more elevated humor, especially as we see more inclusion and more diversity and you know more people represented because they can speak to their own experiences and like someone who's bi or gay is not going to find that particularly funny right 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 yep so that that's clearly coming from a straight person's point of view of oh that that would be funny yeah um, so so yeah i i think that's going to be just we're just going to be seeing more and more progress in that direction yeah so um so two questions as we wrap up, one is um, if there was something you want the, um, you know, people who are listening to take away from, to, from our talk today, what would it be? And then the other is how do we find you and your group, um, you know, the pennies on a budget and the, um, and the new uh, short. So, yeah. 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 So I think in terms of what I'd want people to take away from this is that, I, I really notice how important and good it feels to, to have um, a sense of diversity 
what no matter what it is right whether mm -hmm. it, if you're not doing you know comedy or entertainment like volunteering or whatever it might be because now I notice it where if if there isn't that diversity it feels like there's something kind of missing yes um, because that is our world that's mm -hmm. just the way it's always been and um, it's the way it's always been but now we're just seeing more of it and mm -hmm. it really does. I think what we're seeing a lot of um, in our climate right now is just fear. It's fear of progress and fear of otherness. Mm -hmm. And if you embrace otherness, like you learn so much and, you know, it just, um, I don't know. I think it just makes life that much more fulfilling. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say that and the other thing is be able to laugh at yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's, really, it's really important. Uh, you'll be yeah. that much happier. Um, <laughs> yep. so so you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. The short film is more than he knows. Okay. And the hashtag is just MTHK film. And then our sketch comedy group is called panties on a budget comedy. And again, Which, we're on by Facebook. the way, I just got to yeah. say, I've always yeah. loved that. <laughs> so I mean, it was so funny because I was not a big fan of the group name and maybe this is my, uh, maybe late uh, chauvinism, but I was like, it just sounds like a, a group that's going to be all female. And a few people actually did think that initially. But it is funny, and yes, that's what led to us doing these um, yeah. choose your own adventure sketches in our live shows. Is because we give underwear to everybody who comes to the uh, show, and they get to wave them in the air and decide which direction a sketch goes in. Yes, uh, I love it. That's so great. It's ultimately and a thing. Yeah, it really speaks to the fact that there are men that are willing to do to to take that um, that name on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, so. and it was tough. We had to. We had to really go through a lot to find a group name you know we did narrow it down yeah. to like five top choices then we did a blind voting um but this yeah. one was the clear winner uh <laughs> so, anyway. so they can find they can find panties on a budget where they find you where do you where do you perform and how they find you yes yeah, so we're uh you can find us on facebook and instagram panties on a budget okay. comedy um okay. comedy because people thought that we were legit just selling underwear <laughs> Uh, and then the hashtag is just P-O-A-B comedy. And uh, we perform at the Complex in Hollywood and also on the Comedy Central stage in Hollywood. Um, but Facebook and Instagram is where we, we advertise. So, you know, that's how to find out where we're doing stuff. Great. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you so much for uh, doing this today. And, um, and we'll look forward to hearing more and, um, and then we'll get to, cause I know you guys are going to be in a couple different uh, film festivals. So we'll get to post in our wellness is one Facebook group. So people can know um, where to find you and um, to follow if they want for the, for the film. And, um, and then people can find you in the LA area for panties on a budget, <laughs> which is really exciting. So thank you. Thank you for the humor and for all that you shared today, Chris, we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Meg. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye.